Hey everybody, welcome back to the Football Matchup Fantasy Fix Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Hickey. We've got a great show for you today. Hopefully I sound a little better because I invested in a, in a new microphone, so hopefully you guys won't have to deal with that static, but but we're uh, we're happy to get this show going. We we were attempting to to bring you episodes two days a week, but we had some technical difficulties last week, but we should be good to go, and we should be going two days a week from now on just to give you guys all of the fantasy advice and, and content that, that you need to, to win your championship. So with that, AJ and Jeffrey, they're always with me. How's it going, guys? Good. What's up? What's up? Good. Happy to be back. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was, it was rough. We, we were recording. We were about three quarters of the way through, and my computer just shut down on me. We had to, we had to call it quits. So, so I wish everybody could have seen Kevin's face. Oh, man. It was like a, a deer in headlights. <laughs> it was unbelievable. But, yeah, we're happy to be back. We're, we're excited. The, the football season is, is in full swing. And, unfortunately, there were a ton of injuries. I mean, it was, it was heartbreaking. If, if you didn't have a guy injured on your team, you definitely played against a guy that was injured. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about all the injuries, some, some people you can replace, some of the studs that got hurt. We're going to talk about – we're going to have a little segment called Start, Sit, and Flex, where each of us are going to give some names who – who uh, are similar in, in their situations this week, whether you should start them, sit them, or flex them. And then we're going give to give you a little preview into the Thursday night game between the Texans and the Patriots. So without further ado, we'll go, we'll go right into the news. Um, we'll start in Minnesota, and I know, Jeffrey, this is tough for you, being a Vikings fan. Adrian Peterson, if, if you watch the game, Adrian Peterson really messed up his knee. It's torn meniscus. He's going to have surgery. And he's there were I guess there were two options. There were an option where he could kind of like partially repair it and he'd be out a couple of weeks. But then there was also the option where he gets it fully repaired and he's going to be out a couple months. So, Jeffrey, we'll start with you because this is your boy. I know it's it's heartbreaking, but but how does this affect the, the offense and and who would you pick up off the waiver wire? Uh, first off, it really sucks being a Vikings fan the most anticipated season we've had in a very long time and then our starting quarterback goes out before the season starts Adrian Peterson gets hurt in the second game it's just overall overall rough our left tackle just went on the season ending IR uh but with the coaching staff in front office I'm still believing in this team overall but uh for Vikings options to pick up instead of Adrian Peterson the number one for me would be McKinnon I mean he's going to be the starter he's going to fit a lot better in the North Turner offense uh, running plays out of the shotgun, catching passes out of the backfield. Uh, but also, Matt Asiata is almost rosterable. I mean, he's going to be getting the the tw- uh, red zone carries. He's going to be getting those those three yard touchdowns that you need. Uh, I mean, there was a game last last time, 2014, where I believe he had three touchdowns against against the Packers of all teams. Uh, not 100 percent sure if it was that team. Either way, he had three touchdowns in, in a game, which a lot of that highest scoring running back of the of the week so both of those uh target mckinnon first out of them and then uh i'd say asiata would be be the one b in that situation for me personally how do you feel about ronnie hillman i just saw they just signed him they said it was for depth do you think he's going to take away any carries uh it's going to be a little while if there's one thing that mike zimmer and the coaches have likes to do it's they want to make sure people are ready to play before they put them in there that goes for 
for rookies, veterans, anybody. And that's why Bradford sat all week one. Uh, Zimmer even said he wanted to get Bradford into week one, but just didn't find the time to do it. Uh, didn't think he was completely ready. So uh, I think it's going to be a little while before Hillman goes. I don't necessarily foresee this becoming a three-headed monster, but uh, it's definitely something to monitor until the time being. I just kind of, I'd still for sure just go with McKinnon over over the other two. Definitely, definitely. AJ, uh, let me ask you this real quick. If you have one of the top uh, priorities on the waiver wire, are you are you using that that waiver priority on Jarek McKinnon or Matt Asiata? It depends who's out there. I think that if Charles Sims isn't drafted in your league, he's my one. But I, I definitely think that it would be McKinnon and then Asiata. But I don't think by really that much. I think that it'll kind of be a two-headed monster. I don't think Hillman is a factor. I think that really just was for in case someone went down. But, yeah, Asiata back in 2014, I know that was two years ago, but he did wind up handling most of the passing work and got the goal line carries. I know McKinnon is the far superior athlete, but we had handle a full workload so it will be interesting and another good point that Jeff made is that Mike Zimmer is really all about trust and that coaching staff is about trust and I know that they definitely trust Asiata in the key situations we gotta see if McKinnon is that guy yet so if I had first priority I'd take McKinnon just because he's got way higher upside and he was named the starter today but I would not overlook Matt Asiata on the waivers. If you have one of those back-end waiver spots, I would definitely be putting one in for him. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with you with, with what you said about Charles Sims. If he's there, grab him. We'll get into that a little bit because we're going to talk about Doug, the Doug Martin injury. But we're going to move on to Indianapolis, and this is a tough blow for the offense, and this is a tough blow for fantasy owners. Those who had Dante Moncrief because he is now out for four to six weeks with a fractured scapula, which sounds super painful. But this is a, a huge blow to the offense because he is a big part of that offense. He's a, he's a big target for Andrew Luck to throw to. So the guy who steps in is Philip Dorsett. And, AJ, I'll, I'll start with you. Is he a guy that should be picked up in all leagues? Absolutely. He's a, he's a must-own now. He was on the border of should have been owned in about 50% of leagues because the Colts are usually in 11 personnel most of the game which means that Dorsett's been on the field anyway. But um, the guy that gets the biggest bump for me, actually, is Dwayne Allen. Dwayne Allen's a guy that usually relies on a touchdown to get you a productive day, but he should definitely see an up in targets now. He's got a nice matchup against the Chargers this week. And for those people that dropped him, you know, after a disappointing week two, I think that Jack Doyle will also be involved. But I think that this gives Dwayne Allen a lot more value I don't think it does much to T.Y. Hilton. His targets may go up a little bit, but, yeah, Dorsett is a must-own. And Jack Doyle, with another productive week, could become a tight end that is worth monitoring. Definitely, definitely. What do you think, Jeffrey? I really I agree with everything there. Uh, for instance, after week one, I personally picked up Dorsett in multiple leagues. Uh, you know, I was looking like, Andrew Luck was getting back to his original self where he's going to be able to spread the ball around. But, yeah, like uh, like A.J. was saying, when it comes to Dwayne Allen, uh, definitely he, he's going to get an uptick. I mean, Dante Moncrief is the big body receiver getting all those red zone targets. Uh, now that they got Dwayne Allen, he's going to be have to shoulder that load along with Doyle, but I'm still going to trust Allen over Doyle. Yeah, and I even think 
if you get Dorsett, if you pick him up, or if you have him on your team, he might even be a good play this week because the Chargers' pass defense is not is not great. But T.Y. Hilton is likely going to be handling Jason Verrett all day, and, and that guy has shut down Jeremy Macklin and Allen Robinson. So, you know, he's not he, he likely won't be on Philip Dorsett a lot. And Philip Dorsett's a big play guy. He's got a, he's got great speed, and he can get behind the secondary. So, if if you're struggling with um, with somebody to play this week, I, I would I would look into Philip Dorsett because he could have some value this week. But moving on, we're going to go to to Tampa Bay with Doug Martin. Suffered a hamstring injury during their game against Arizona, and uh, he got an MRI. They said he's going to be out at least three weeks. And I know we said it earlier. If if Charles Sims is on the waiver wire, pick him up right now. Like as stop the podcast. Pause it. Go to your your app, whichever site you use, and pick up Charles Sims because he is he is in line for. I don't want to say the the he is in line for the workhorse. I'll say it because I saw reports that that him and and the back and the guy behind him are gonna they're gonna share Jaquiz Rogers. Yeah, Jaquiz Rogers from the Bears. Um, they said that they were gonna share, but then I also saw another report today that he's earned the the workhorse back. Uh, workload which will be huge um aj what what do you think about him about sims against la this week well first off charles sims shouldn't be on your waiver wires unless you're in an 18 week he uh had talking about this for a couple couple episodes now and um with the martin injury charles sims to me is a surefire top 20 running back regardless of matchup um, against LA this week, because the thing is, even if he's not finding running room and they're forced to pass it, Charles Sims is the guy in the game. Charles Sims is going to be the guy that gets the targets, and he's going to be a PPR monster. And it's really not a bad thing for the Doug Martin owner, unless you didn't have Charles Sims. Like, the one week I have Doug Martin, and I handcuffed him with Sims. And Doug Martin's going to most likely miss the Rams game, the Broncos, the Panthers, and then he's got a bye week. So... I mean, were you really? You probably weren't going to start Doug Martin against the Broncos. You might have started him against the Panthers, but it wasn't a great matchup. And then he's got the bye week to get healthy before he comes back, and he plays. He's got a crazy schedule coming up. I know his playoff schedule is New Orleans, Dallas, New Orleans. So I mean, if you had Sims, you shouldn't be too worried. You know, stash Doug Martin and get prepared for that playoff push and start start Sims. I don't buy into the Jaquiz Rogers whatsoever. You know, it's always been a two-back. Maybe he'll get a couple of five to eight touches, but Sims is going to see about 20 touches a week. Yeah, and I think that's kind of normal for, I mean, unless you're D'Angelo Williams. You know, other backs right. are, are going to get, you know, five to eight. That's normal. That's If, if that happens, that's, that's good. That means Charles Sims is getting a lot of work. Right. And, Jeffrey, let me ask you this. If you're a Charles Sims owner and you know the Doug Martin owner is – is uh they don't have a lot of depth at running back are you willing to trade him away it really depends on what you have on your roster i mean if you're sitting there and you have charles sims as for instance your number three number four running back i mean you could get something good for him right now you could probably get definitely a wide receiver two possibly wide receiver one if you're kind of struggling in that area uh you know it a lot of times in situations like this, people get desperate and they'll just do whatever they can to do a quick fix for the fantasy roster. And so, yeah, I mean, if you can get, if you can almost kind of scam somebody into getting that, then absolutely take it. And that, that's what I would do. 
I would scam them into taking Charles Sims, knowing that he's not going to be the full-time starter for the whole season, unless Doug Martin gets seriously injured again. Right. And I would. Go ahead. So. I would also consider waiting, letting him hopefully ball out against the Rams, and then selling him for even higher price, knowing that he's going to face Carolina and Denver before basically going back to being a backup. So if he if he if he balls out this week, jump on the opportunity. Yeah, either way, just sell him high, get what you can. I mean, in all in all reality, the guy's a backup running back. So, right. Yeah, definitely. I think he definitely has a lot of upside. Especially if Doug Martin, if this injury does linger and it keeps him out for several more weeks, which it can happen, soft tissue issues or something that that are kind of unpredictable. And so if you are a Charles Sims owner and you do hold on to him, I mean, don't drop him. If anything, trade him. But I think he's a great play this week. And we'll actually get into that later because he's one of my starts. He's in one of my starts flexes. But we're going to move on to Detroit and... Amir Abdullah was placed on the IR with a foot issue. So, Jeffrey, we'll start with you. What what does this do for Dwayne Washington? Uh, I think he's a guy that needs to be owned in all leagues now. I mean, he, the, I don't see them using Riddick as their workhorse back. I mean, they look at him more as a change of pace receiving back. And I could see Washington working the red zones and the goal line carries when Riddick is working between the 20s. Uh, trying to get the offense rolling. Uh, even when Amir Abdullah was in there, they were still using Washington at the goal line uh, on occasion. So now with him out, I mean, I, I, he's a guy that needs to be owned. And, I mean, depending on matchup, uh, possibly even started. I mean, maybe wait week one, one week here to see see what he does. But at least pick him up and stash him on your team for now. Yeah, definitely. AJ, uh, what do you, th- what do you think the, kind of the workload's going to be for him going forward? I think, well... As of right now, as it stood, even with Abdullah, he was getting the goal line carries, which is something, you know, that's exceptional when you're talking about a guy that now you're adding off waivers. I think Dwayne Washington has sneaky waiver wire pickup of the year potential. You know, Abdullah got foot surgery. He's out for the year. He's not coming back on that boomerang. Theo Riddick, like you said, he's not a workhorse. He's going to get the passing down targets, but he's not going to hold up if he's getting – 15 carries in between the tackles a game and Dwayne Washington's athletic profile he's he's very David Johnson-esque he's 6-2 he runs a 4-4 he's a former receiver he's basically exactly what David Johnson was he went to a Washington he didn't even start on his own team but you know the Lions really like him and I could easily see if him he takes advantage of this opportunity him becoming the first and second down guy plus the goal line guy I think he has he definitely is a guy that you need to pick up if he's still available on your league, go pick him up right now. And there's a good chance he's one theoretic injury away from RB one potential and I'm saying it again, I think he has waiver wire pickup of the year potential. Which would be awesome. I mean, I know we all love David Johnson and, and what he can bring to the table and with that's that, what he was last year. Yeah, exactly. David so. Johnson was a pickup that one year your league. Mm-hmm. So definitely and with that passing game, if Theo Riddick does happen to go down and Dwayne Washington takes over, there's a lot of screens that go on in that offense. There's a lot of short, quick passes. And and to have a, a, a running back put up passing yards, it's it's awesome. I mean, it's like, it's like free points. It's like when a quarterback rushes. So definitely something to look into. We're going to move into Miami. 
Arian Foster left the game last Sunday with a groin history, in, injury. Shocker. So Never heard that one before. Yeah, really. So <laughs> I, I loved Foster. I actually I, – somebody had dropped him like two weeks – like after week one, and I picked him up, and I was, I was like, all right, Arian, just stay healthy for this week <laughs> because you have Cleveland next week. So just stay healthy. Don't get hurt. And what does he do? He gets nine yards, and he gets hurt. And now I'm I I'm thinking about dropping him, but I have to wait and see. And the Dolphins said that they are cautiously optimistic that Arian Foster will play Sunday. If you're an Arian Foster owner and he's in your lineup, you need to monitor that. You need to see if he's actually going to play, if he's active, what the injury report says. But if he does not, does Kenyon Drake or JAJ uh, pique anybody's interest? AJ, we'll start with you. Well, I'm going to start. From the top, Aaron Foster's not going to play this week. Let's go off of what we know, and that's when Aaron Foster hurts his groin. There's a good chance we might not see him again, let's be honest. <laughs> but um, Jay Ajayi, I was super excited about. And then I saw something on Twitter earlier today that they asked Adam Gates about Jay Ajayi's role heading into this game if Aaron Foster doesn't play. And he said, um, we'll see how the inactives go. So not necessarily the strongest endorsement from your coach when he's not sure if you're going to be activated when you're start. So I think that Drake, if that's the case, Ajayi's clearly in Gase's doghouse. You know, he left him in Miami for week one, and he won't even commit to giving him the ball when Foster's out against the Browns. I think Ken, Kenyon Drake has a lot of upside. I mean, I don't, I don't think I could picture myself playing him unless you got a really rough situation at running back. But yeah, he has he has a lot of upside if they're gonna turn away from Ajayi here, and if Ajayi somehow magically isn't active, Isaiah Pede for DFS that could be that could be the guy that wins you some big bucks in DFS. Yeah, that matchup's amazing, and I was just I was so sad when I saw Foster went down. <laughs> so I was like, man, you just had to stay healthy for one week. But uh, Jeffrey, so what, what's your take on this? No, I'm, I'm avoiding the entire situation, if possible. But, I mean, as long as Ajayi is active and playing, uh, I, I think I'd go with him if you needed him this week, just because they're playing the Browns. I mean, it, if All it's going to take is for them to jump up on top of the Browns, and I don't picture the Dolphins running Kenyon Drake between the tackles to run out the clock. So, I mean, it, it could be a situation where Cleveland jumps out to a 20 to nothing lead, and... And then uh, the Dolphins have to come on back. Well, then Kenyon Drake's the back to own. If the Dolphins jump out to the twenty to nothing lead, then Ajay is going to be the one getting out, getting the bulk of the carries, run out the clock. You know, I mean, the Dolphins let Jimmy Garoppolo just march up <laughs> down the field on them last week, and so like the Dolphins, I, I think Ryan Tannehill led the team in rushing last week. So, I mean, in all reality, it's a, it's a situation i'm gonna i'm gonna avoid but i think it all depends on game flow and no one knows how that game flow is going to work out either way yeah definitely it's definitely something to wait and see especially if foster is done because there's if he's done i mean there's there's a chance that he's out for the year because arian foster that's been his biggest hurdle his entire career staying on the field so but we're gonna move on we're gonna hit some just some quick news rashad jennings new york giants running back he left the game which was kind of weird because he just disappeared from the entire game i was watching it and all of a sudden, Shane Vereen is, is getting is dominating the carries. But he had a hand injury. He, he had a cast, but he practiced in limited fashion on Wednesday without a cast. He should be good to go. He says he's going to be good to go. But if you're a Rashad Jennings owner, 
Uh, that's something to monitor. If if he goes out, if he's not playing, if he's inactive, go ahead and and I I especially if you're in a PPR, Shane Vereen might not be a bad play. The Giants love to use him in the pass catching role, and he's something to look at. Orleans Darkwell also in deeper leagues, but I don't know how I don't know how much work he's gonna get if Jennings is out. Tyler Eifert, tight end for the Bengals, returned to to practice in a limited fashion on Wednesday. He's been he had ankle surgery in the off season. So it's good to see that that he's getting back to practice. He should be ready to go in a couple weeks. And if you have him, stash him on your bench. If he's on your waiver wire, I would I would pick him up and put him on your your injured reserve slot if you have one. Chris Ivory also returned to practice after the general medical issue that he went to the hospital for. So it's good to see him back and on the team. He was in a limited form as well and it's unsure if he's going to play this week but it's definitely something to monitor especially if you're a Chris Ivory owner so that's it for the news and we're going to take a quick break and just tell you don't forget to check out qbmecca.com for all of your quarterback news analysis and fantasy advice also follow qbmecca on twitter at qb underscore mecca you can follow us on twitter me at kevin hickey 11 aj at ssaj malak nfl and jeffrey at jsnides4 we got a couple questions uh, this week and we were kind of talking about it we just we loved we loved it we loved answering the questions anything you guys have trades start sits whatever you guys want uh advice on we love it we i mean we, we were talking about it we could do it all day so if you, if you guys i know i speak for both of these guys you can tweet at any of us uh with the hashtag qbmff and we'll be able to to try to help you out i mean i'm sure we missed on a couple this week but but now we're going to get into the discussion. We're going to we're going to do a little segment called Start Sit Flex where we each give three players who kind of have the same situation and our thoughts on whether you should start, sit or flex them. And Jeffrey, we'll start with you. Which which is your first group? I'm actually going to I'm going to start out here uh, with the one that I got asked on Facebook. Uh, and it's a little bit different instead of three people, there's actually five people and he can start four out of the five. Uh, and it is a PPR league. Uh, and the five people he can choose are all receivers. And he, he's got Allen Robinson uh, going against the Ravens, DeAndre Hopkins at the Patriots, Jarvis Landry uh, obviously facing the Browns, Kelvin Benjamin facing the Vikings, and Travis Benjamin against the Colts. So really, what I mean, were those first two again. You got Allen Robinson and DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, this kid's got a good team. Yeah, what? Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't know how he got all of them in a PPR. He's got like five top twenty receivers. <laughs> so with with all that, I mean, he can start four out of those five. Um, and looking at it personally, it's hard for me to say, but my personal opinion on this one was Allen Robinson right away, just based on the first couple of weeks. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins getting his targets, Jarvis Landry PPR, you don't sit him. Kelvin Benjamin looks like a freak out there. And then Travis Benjamin, a week after Keenan Allen goes down, just explodes. So, and he's got Indian. Uh, and he's got a beautiful matchup against the Colts. So. It looks like Vontae Davis might be back, though, which would severely limit Benjamin's upside. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely something to look it, into. It's something to look at and monitor. But for me, my initial reaction was Allen Robinson based off of the first couple of weeks. And with it being a PPR, I see the other ones, other guys getting more targets and more receptions overall. Yeah, I, the thing with Allen Robinson, I, I have him in a couple of leagues, and I love him. And honestly, I, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but if, if an Allen Robinson owner in your league is freaking out about his 
his lack of production. Try to buy low. I mean, 100%. the thing that scared me last week, though, and I know we talked about it earlier, he was going against Jason Verrett, who's a very good corner, and shut him down. He only saw five targets. And that kind of concerns me, especially because they were down so early and by so much. And I don't trust Blake Bortles. I, I just I, I do not think he's a great quarterback. He's very turnover prone. But I, I, I think I have to agree. I mean, just because DeAndre Hopkins is phenomenal in PPR, so is Jarvis Landry. Kelvin Benjamin looks like uh, like he's playing with children out there. And... <laughs> And Travis Travis Benjamin, if Vontae Davis does come back, that may limit his upside. But in that short to intermediate passing game that the Chargers have, I really like him. And he's got big playability. So I, I think I'd have to agree and I'd sit Allen Robinson. But, man, that's really tough for me to say. Um, I, would, I would have to sit Benjamin just because, first of all, <laughs> could you imagine – Trotting out Kelvin Benjamin, Allen Robinson, DeAndre Hopkins, and Jarvis Landry on one team. You're, like you're not going to lose either way. Like We don't even need to answer this question. But um, I would sit Benjamin just because I'm actually more worried about DeAndre Hopkins than I'm Allen Robinson this week. The Patriots will do whatever it takes to take away your top option. So I'm thinking it's a big Wolf Fuller game. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, Hopkins is always going to get those red zone looks and probably pulling a touchdown. But if he doesn't, he might have a low floor this week. Malcolm Butler is a very underrated corner. But, yeah, just based off the fact it's been one week, I know Benjamin's got a great matchup. But, you know, Allen Robinson's splits against good corners compared to bad corners is actually pretty crazy. He seems to get locked down more often than not when he plays guys that shadow him. But when he plays teams that don't really have a true number one it usually goes off um like i said hopkins you can't sit kelvin benjamin's the number one receiver in fantasy football right now and jarvis landry versus the browns is a top 10 play for me this week so i would just say i mean you flip a coin but i would sit benjamin yeah i think just because that is such a deep group with talent and opportunity i you really can't go wrong but the only yeah. guy I wouldn't even consider sitting, believe it or not, is Jarvis Landry. He's the only guy who says I'm plus butt. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. I definitely five. agree. All right, so hopefully that, that helps you out. I mean, I don't – I don't. I just don't understand how you have a team like that. <laughs> no matter what you do, you're going to be all right. It makes me kind of think what his running backs look like because – Or what maybe, the other owners' teams look like. Yeah, really. So we're, uh, we're going to move on. AJ, who, who's your, uh, your first start, sit, or flex? Mine is Demarius Thomas, Randall Cobb, and Jeremy Macklin. You got to pick two, sit one. I'll take this one. I'll go first. Um, you said Demarius Thomas, Randall Cobb, and Jeremy Macklin? Yes, Macklin versus the Jets, Thomas versus the Bengals, and Cobb versus the Lions. Oh, man, that's really tough. I know. That's why I, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm, I'm going to start Jeremy Macklin. Because even if he's lined up against Darrell Revis, we've seen that he has lost a step. Um, so I think I'm going to start Jeremy Macklin. I got to sit Demarius Thomas. I mean, I know he just put up a big game. You know, people were unsure what he was going to do against the Colts or whether he was going to play. And I think he put up like 90 yards. Granted, it was against the Colts. He's got a tough matchup with the Bengals. They just held Antonio Brown to like 
18 yards. So I'm going to sit Demarius Thomas, and I'm going to flex Randall Cobb, but I'm going to temper expectations. I, I'm pretty close with you on this one. I mean, I think Macklin should be in the lineup. Uh, Thomas makes me nervous going into this matchup, especially what the Bengals just did to Antonio Brown. But, I mean, the Broncos seem to find a way to get him on those little quick bubble screens, quick slants, get the ball in his hands, let him create. Uh, so I, I actually, I would probably flex Thomas and almost sit Cobb. His first couple of weeks here for, for the Packers have been rough. Aaron Rodgers doesn't look like Aaron Rodgers. Um, no one on that team on the offensive side of the ball looks anything like they used to be. Uh, looks like Jordy Nelson lost his steps so and now teams don't need to worry about him really beating them deep. Uh, I, I don't think Cobb's really done anything so far this year to really warrant him, warrant him anything more than possibly a wide receiver three or flex. So th- this week, I would, I'd almost sit him against the Lions. So I'd go Macklin and Demarius Thomas this week with Cobb on the bench for me. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I I would actually lean towards Kevin just because I think that the Lions' defense is banged up and – you know, all this talk that Aaron Rodgers, you know, isn't really good anymore. I could see this being one of those ga- statement games where, you know, the Packers just lost on primetime television. I could see the Packers coming out and just putting a wallop on the Lions. Like, I'm talking, like, 20 fantasy points for everyone, like, even the linemen. That would <laughs> but, um, be nice. Yeah, that's, that's kind of – I have Cobb, and I'm panicking a little bit, but – you know, I think that the other Lions corners, other than Darius Slay, who will probably be on Jordy Nelson, aren't that good. And I think Aaron Rodgers might just might just have one of those FU type of games. Jeremy Macklin, I just wanted to talk about him a little. I was I was uh, doing a little digging into Jeremy Macklin. I actually just traded Latavius Murray and the Houston Texans defense for Jeremy Macklin and the Seahawks defense. Well, defense trades because I like I like the Seahawks D. I've talked about how they might be my fantasy MVP. They've allowed seven and a half points a game so far. But Jeremy Macklin, I was looking at, the guy's on pace for 176 targets. And his next, his upcoming schedule is the Jets, Steelers, Raiders, Saints, Colts, and, and Jaguars. So I could just, I for those of you that, you know, Jeremy Macklin's not a name that really pops up in fantasy much. But, I mean, 176 targets would put him definitely in the top ten. And, you know, he hasn't been bad. He had he had a touchdown and 60 yards in the first game. And then he had six catches for 68. He's got, he's a stable four guy who I think has got a ton of upside with Jamal Charles' health in question. And uh, he's a guy that you could probably get real cheap. Like, if you could flip, like, Charles Sims for Jeremy Macklin or something and wait until Doug Martin gets back, or if you could even, like, Latavius Murray, after I saw him only get eight carries, I jumped ship real quick. But, um, yeah, Jeremy Macklin, just an interesting schedule and interesting target share. I just want to quickly point out, too, uh, I know people are saying that Aaron Rodgers has lost it. I don't think he has. I think the offense as a whole currently is not clicking in all cylinders. Mm-hmm. And personally, you can't really, can't really base much off of this Vikings game on Sunday night because – Looking at Mike Zimmer and his career, even when he was with the Bengals against Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers has struggled to figure out Mike Zimmer's defenses. So uh, once once they start getting in the swing of things, Jordan Nelson gets back, then I think the Packers' offense as a whole will be a little bit different. But right now, right now it seems like everybody's in a little slump. And Eddie Lacy looks like he's 
still eating donuts every single day. So you, you think other teams call, maybe not divisional opponents, but you think other teams ask Mike Zimmer his strategy and he would tell them because he'd like nothing more than to see the Packers lose it? It almost looks like confusion. Like watching the game, it almost looks like Aaron Rodgers was confused on who's dropping in coverage, who's blitzing. Are they in zone? Are they in man? Like, like if you're like an AFC team, I don't think Mike Zimmer will have a problem telling you his strategy against Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. He'd love to see, like, right? It's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Probably not. I think a lot of the thing was he had a lot of pressure in that game, and he was scrambling a lot, and he was just kind of chucking the ball up. But we'll see. I really like that. I the thing about I agree with you with Jeremy Macklin. He's almost like a boring play. Like you know, you're gonna get sixty yards and possibly a touchdown out of him. But it's like when you plug him into your lineup, you're like, uh, is there somebody better that I can that I can put with more upside? But I, I really do. I like Macklin. I've drafted him on a couple of my teams, and he's just been sitting on my bench because I know once I plug him in, it's just gonna be like. Do I really want to play Jeremy Macklin? Because it's just kind of like a boring play. But, no, I, I think with that schedule coming up, he, he can definitely do some damage, and he can definitely give – he can be a wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside. I mean, if he gets 80 yards and a score and you have somebody like an Odell Beckham Jr. or an A.J. Green go off too, I mean, that's going to win you your week. But we're going to move on. My, my first one, I'm going to stay in the wide receivers, and I'm going to go start sitter flex – Larry Fitz against Buffalo, Sterling Shepard against Washington, and Mike Wallace against Jacksonville. I could go first. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sitting Wallace. Uh, he's gotten three touchdowns and only seven receptions. So That's you could chase, you could chase <laughs> that if yeah, you could chase that if you want. But in the game where he gets the three catches for 45 yards and doesn't score the touchdown, you're going to be very upset. Um, apparently, the reports are that Josh Norman is going to shadow OBJ. Good luck with that. Um, that means that Sterling Shepard – I can't wait for that matchup, man. OBJ is going to cook him. Um, <laughs> back so, to man. talking about fantasy, but OBJ <laughs> is going to cook that man. Um, Giants fans. <laughs> Sterling Shepard uh, – it's personal now. But um, – <laughs> Sterling Shepard, I think, you know, he's, he's, he's great. We told you he, he's going to be a stud. He's looked every bit the part. And if Eli is going to go away from Josh Norman or, uh, you know, Breland, there's a good chance Shepard's been working in the slot a bit. Uh, he should see his opportunities. You know, Larry Fitz is the must start for me out of that group. He's been on fire. The Bills defense looks helpless. But, yeah, um, Wallace and Shepard are close for me. I just – feel better knowing that I'm probably going to get six catches and 50 yards from Shepard, whereas Wallace, I could get 20 points or two. And the Jags defense, you know, they got something to prove. So we'll see if I'm right. But definitely starting fits in that one. Yeah, I think I'm actually right on the, right on the same page with you. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald is a guy that you should be starting no matter what. I mean, the guy looks like he's turning back time instead of having father time to feed him. So... Fitz is somebody you definitely start. Uh, and then look, watching the Giants, even just last week, I mean, it looks like Victor Cruz is almost getting back to what he was before. Maybe not as explosive or as quick, but, I mean, he's definitely able to jump up and get the ball on uh, really good hands. So I, I, I'd be going with Shepard uh, personally just because with that, I mean, it's going to be hard for people to 
to pinpoint who Eli is really going to throw it to. Then yeah, I, I think I, I would bench Wallace just based solely because it, you don't know what's going to happen. Is he going to get an 80-yard touchdown? Is he going to get you know six catches for 25 yards? I mean, you just don't know. So that's that's for me personally. Yeah, I actually that was just that was a bad pick because we all agreed on everything. On that, so. <laughs> but let me let me ask you this real quick about Larry Fitz. Last year we were kind of in the same situation where he had I think it was five touchdowns in his first two games. Are you guys at all concerned that – and he's, I mean, he still put up a good year, but are you guys at all concerned that he will revert back to that last year? Jeffy, we'll start with you. I'm not just because I – Carson Palmer loves targeting him in the red zone across the middle. Any means necessary, he's trying to get Larry Fitzgerald the ball. So I, I'm really not, and that Cardinals offense is so potent. And for some reason, you know – both Michael Floyd and John Brown aren't performing right now. Neither one of them are. And so Larry Fitz is the one that Carson Palmer is trusting the most, and that I, I don't think he's going to be really reverting back much. AJ, what about you? Oh, man, I hate the Cardinals wide receivers. Um, yeah, the thing, I see John Brown was my pick for the wide receiver to own. And the thing with the Floyd and Brown thing is at least Floyd isn't performing while he's on the field. John Brown only in 48% of the snaps. He's in the same percent of the snaps as his brother. And, you know, Floyd, Floyd's been on the field for, I believe it was 92% of the snaps it was last week. So, yeah, Floyd at least is in the game on the outside. I don't know what's going on with John Brown, but I hope he can turn around. I'm panicking on him. Um, but, yeah, Larry Fitz, until further notice, is, that, is the guy that we once again have overlooked. We overlooked all these veterans. We overlooked the Forte. We overlooked the Fitzgerald and Decker. Just make, make Decker and all these guys that we just think are like Macklin too. They're just not the guys you want to put in your lineup. But then when you don't, you're like, damn, why didn't I, why didn't I start these guys? You know, they're the guys where when you're on draft day, you're like, God, you know what? Do I really want that right. guy on my team? Or should I take should I take Shepard? I think Sterling Shepard. And then you take the high upside better. guys, like you take like a Thomas Rawls, and he's got you three points through. The, yeah, two, there's two weeks or something like that. Yeah, really. Well, there you I hope that. I, I hope I remember this next year or before I do it again. <laughs> well, I, I have them recorded, so I'll, I'll make sure I send them to you. <laughs> All right, good. Yeah, send them <laughs> before next year's drafts. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go. Uh, AJ, who's your second? Who's your second group of of uh, start sitter flex? My second one is actually quarterback related. It's. I'm gonna give you three. Gonna give you three options, and you gotta pick one. There are three of my three of my top streamers this week. So I got Matt Ryan versus New Orleans, Ryan Tannehill versus Cleveland, or who was it? Oh, Dak Prescott versus the banged up Chicago Bears defense. Uh, You know what? You know what? I, I'm imp- I'm improvising. Take out Dak Prescott and put in Russell Wilson versus San Francisco. Ooh. Make it a little more difficult. Ahead, I think Jeffrey. I saw the faces on the deck and it was like nine. <laughs> yeah. So right. Seahawks are facing San Francisco, right? Correct. And Russell yeah, Wilson. I, I was going to start off right away with, I just got this question today by one of my buddies about Dak Prescott. I'm like, you're not starting a rookie quarterback. And all I said is, but he has the cooler name. I understand that, but don't play fantasy football that way. Uh, I really like his matchup, though, against the Bears, if you need him. Yeah, his, his matchup is nice. I, I just still don't think he's throwing a touchdown pass this year, though. So 
hasn't. <laughs> that's enough yeah. about Dak Prescott. Um, all of all of them have juicy matchups. Uh, with Matt Ryan, I'm not hundred percent sure if Julio Jones is a hundred percent ready to go yet. Yeah. I haven't, you know he's the number one quarterback so far. I haven't heard that yet, so I don't know if Julio Jones is ready to go. Um, he should be fine. He does this every week. I don't know if New Orleans somehow turned over a new leaf. I mean, we we're all of us were expecting big things from New Orleans Giants, and then somehow it turned into a defensive game. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, he's hard to trust um, overall. I mean, it is Cleveland. I understand that, but I I'm going to go with. God, it's hard for me to say, but Russell Wilson. I mean, for me, you drafted him for a reason. You're, you're going to be going with him. He's another week away from his ankle, so hopefully he can get back into his running. But uh, overall, it goes Wilson 1, Ryan 2, Tannehill 3 for me uh, with a really 1A, 1B situation with Wilson and Ryan. Yes, I, I agree with you. I don't I, I can't trust Ryan Tannehill. I actually drafted him last year as my so starting quarterback. Question, big thing. I was so excited and then just – Man, it, Crap he, the bed. Yeah, he just he did not do well for me. But I am a Russell Wilson owner, and I am worried. That offensive line is awful. I mean, he is scrambling like every other play, and he can't scramble. He has a bum ankle. So yep. I I think if you're a Russell Wilson owner, don't don't panic. You can still start him. He has a good matchup. But if if you're a streamer, if you like to stream quarterbacks which is which is kind of a, it's a new trend. People are starting to do it. My guy's Matt Ryan. He has absolutely lit up defenses this year. And granted he hasn't played any good ones, but I think I I don't think New Orleans is as I well they did just lose PJ Williams. I mean, he almost died on the field. But I think I go with Matt Ryan. He's got a great That was matchup. scary, man. That was really That's scary. Williams. It's never never fun seeing anything like that. No, definitely. I mean, he went unconscious, but I think I, I go Matt Ryan. I think he I think he'll be fine. I, I'm not sold on him for the whole year, but if he's going against a bottom five defense, he's he's a great streamer. Now, see for me, it, Russell Wilson is my clear third on this question, which is crazy talk for me. If you told me that in week three, Russell Wilson against the Forty ers I wouldn't even be considering him versus with Matt Ryan and Ryan Tannehill. I would say you're kidding, but that's fantasy. Um, Ryan Tannehill, also I struggle to trust, but I don't even look at the fact that he's playing the Browns. I look at he's playing the Browns who are starting a guy who I thought was undraftable in Cody Kessler, who's now starting week three. It's the Dolphins' home opener. Um, I just don't see the Browns' time of possession getting any more than 20 minutes of the game. I think the Dolphins are going to be on the field. They're going to put up a ton of points. So I think that Ryan Tannehill's got a nice – 250-yard, 2-TD4. Like you said, he's been the leading rusher. They might just completely abandon the run game without Foster, and they don't like Ajayi. They might just even up. They might just throw the ball around the yard. And with Matt Ryan, I think that, first of all, that the New Orleans defensive performance was fluky because OBJ dropped two touchdowns, and the Giants had three red zone turnovers. That game could have easily been 35-10 by the third quarter. Um, Okay, Giants fan. I watched the game. He dropped two touchdowns. (laughs) Although, hey, I admitted Odell Beckham dropped two touchdowns. That's fair enough. Hey, he's got to start practicing catching the ball with two hands in warm-ups instead of one. It would be a good good idea. Start with the basics. 
And then the Victor Cruz fumble in the 15. That looked like they were headed down for a touchdown. And they also failed on a fourth and goal. So, I mean, the char- but um, the Falcons are going to be chasing points. I think Drew, Drew Brees is my QB1 this week. I think he's going to light it up on Monday night. So, I think that for Matt Ryan to even be competitive in this game, he's going to have to go over 300 and throw a couple of TDs. So, I think I'm going Ryan 1A, Tannehill 1B, and Russell Wilson as a two. I feel really comfortable with Tannehill this week. It's going to be – I mean, I don't put anything past him, but it's going to be very difficult for him to fail. No, definitely. I, I like that. So, uh, Jeffrey, who's your second group of starts at flex? Uh, my my second group, actually, we already kind of talked about uh, – we have talked about two of the people, uh, Alan Robinson and Randall Cobb. The third one was actually Willie Sneed. Uh, in this one, uh, he almost seems like a guy that needs to be started at all times now. But in all reality, he, he really is that third receiver on that team. I mean, Michael Thomas is the outside guy. They love Brandon Cooks playing outside and slot. Uh, Willie Sneed, he, he got that touchdown against the Giants, and he had 172 yards or whatever against the in week one uh, against the Raiders. But uh, So that, that's mine right there is the Willie Sneed. Allen Robinson or Randall Cobb. So, AJ, leave it up to you guys. Oh man, well, I've, I've got mine. I know. I, I'll go. Go ahead. for it because I need to think. <laughs> All right. Well, I am going to start Allen Robinson because I think he he has a good matchup against the Ravens, and I feel like this is one of those weeks where like. Fantasy owners are panicking, so they drop him, and he has a slight notion of that, so he just goes off for like 120 yards and two touchdowns. And then I'm I'm gonna flex Willie Sneed because I think he is he has become a big part of that offense. He he threw up that 172 yard game week one, and then I something interesting that I saw when he played the Giants was he the the Saints were in the red zone or they were close uh, yeah they were in the red zone and. He was the target when they scored that touchdown. He didn't target Brandon Cooks. He didn't target Michael Thomas. He he targeted Willie Sneed. And granted, it was kind of a blown coverage. Uh, he was like wide open in the end zone. But I think Sneed has really gained the trust of Drew Brees. And he's a great football player. He's perfect for that offense. And I think he's going to get a lot of looks out of the slot. So he's my flex guy. And he was cl- he was close to starting, but he's he's my flex. And then I'm going to sit Randall Cobb because I. I'm kind of, I am also kind of kind of panicking on on him this year. Oh man, fantasy football gets so difficult. We think we know yes, everything. Yoda. Yes, it does. We <laughs> we think we know things and then we don't. Uh, my start is Allen Robinson. You can't abandon Allen Robinson yet. Um, Jimmy, the Ravens defense has actually been really good these first two weeks, but. You know, they played the Bills and the Browns, so take that with a grain of salt. I think Blake Bortles wants to bounce back. I mean, I know he wants to bounce back. The question is, will he bounce back? I think he might. Um, Allen Robinson, yeah, you got to start him over those guys. And I just can't, you know, my predictions all off season were how the Packers' offense was going to be historic and Aaron Rodgers was going to win MVP. And all. I just can't, I can't break up with Randall Cobb yet. And I know Willie. I know what I should do. I know what my eyes are telling me. My eyes are telling me Willie Sneed's the real deal. Willie Sneed's what I wanted Randall Cobb to be. And I, I just, for, for me, the, the Packers have to go off this week. They have to. If they don't, 
and I'm severely worried about everyone in this Packers offense. I'm worried about Lacey. I'm worried about Rodgers. I'm worried about Jordan. I'm, if they if they don't, I mean, the Lions have like six or seven defenders banged up practicing in a limited basis. Ziggy Anza looks like he's going to miss the game. Uh, DeAndre Webby looks like he's going to miss the game. I mean, if not now, then when for the Packers? Um, so I I I know for a fact if I sit Cobb this week, he's going for 130 and three touchdowns. So um, I'm going to deal with the. I'm going to watch Snead catch another touchdown from my bench, and I'm going to sit him. All right. All right. Well, there you have it, um, Jeffy. Who, who what was your take? Uh, mine was. I honestly think out of all of them right now, I think the bona fide starter is Snead just based off of what he's done so far. <laughs> I agree, <laughs> but I not think I I'm going to say coming into the season. Uh, I mean, honestly, when I drafted him, I drafted him in uh, one of my leagues, and the reason why I drafted him, I was watching the third preseason game, and he had like two touchdown catches. I'm like, yep, getting him, you know? Uh, it, it's not a sexy pick by any means, but uh, I, I would start Snead probably flex Robinson and sit Cobb until further notice. <laughs> and the bottom Robinson and Cobb are two ones for me right now that I'm nervous about both of them and trying to, trying to figure out what's going to happen. So I love it. Just a, just a quick uh, news break here. Andy Reed just said that he thinks another week will help Jamal Charles. So he's trending towards out once again, yeah, which, which makes Spencer where, you know, he's got a really tough matchup. So I'm not, I'm not, he's not an RB1 for me. He's more of a low end RB2, but he should have a safe workload. And that bumps up Jeremy Macklin for me even more. So I'm pretty happy about this trade. Well, there you go. So my, uh, my, my second group of starts set or flex is we're going to go to the running back position. We're going to go Latavius Murray at Tennessee, Mark Ingram against Atlanta, or Charles Sims against LA. I'm ready. Go ahead, AJ. Sitting with Tavius. Okay. Uh, Mark, Mark, Ing- Mark Ingram, not worried about him one bit. Playing Atlanta's defense, you know, it's just kind of been a weird start for the Saints. Um, if you got a panicking Mark Ingram owner, I think you buy well on Ingram. You know, he's one of those guys that is a secure workload, minimum 15 touch guy per week. Um, Charles Sims has a great matchup. I think that the Buccaneers are going to just turn to airing it out against the tough Rams defense, which, you know, for most running backs, that sounds like bad news. But a guy like Charles Sims, the more they pass it, honestly, the better his value is. And the Tennessee Titans are actually the number one defense through two weeks in stopping running backs and opposing running back fantasy points. Latavius Murray has scored two touchdowns in two games, both from the one-yard line. So he got eight carries last game. He was on the field for a little over 50% of the snaps, but they're not even only looking like that, like a two-man or three-man committee. It's looking like a full-on four-man committee in Oakland with Awawali, DeAndre Washington, and Jalen Richard. I think they really like Richard. They didn't know what they were going to get out of him, but he's been explosive. And I just think that the organization just, no matter how well Latavius Merritt performs, they don't trust him. And, you know, it, I thought that when I drafted him, it could be one of those situations where contract year the kind of pull a Cowboys and ride him into the dirt and then send him off on his way. But it looks like they just, they really don't want him on the field that often. And if he doesn't fall into a one-yard touchdown, you know, he really doesn't have as much value as you're hoping. And the Titans have been surprisingly great against opposing running backs. 
So I'm taking the two safer guys and going with Ingram and Sims. All right. Jeffy, what about you? Uh, I, I, I'm i starting Mark Ingram. I, mean, I know he actually struggled against you guys' Giants there last week, but yeah, he, he's going to get that workload. He's going to get his touches that, that are needed. Uh, so I'm starting him. Uh, between Murray and Sims, it kind of makes me nervous with both of them, to be honest. Uh, Charles Sims, yeah, he's going to be presumably that workhorse back, uh, the three down back there, but we don't know what we're getting there. And then, like with the Raiders, they're starting to make their backfield just obnoxiously annoying. <laughs> so uh, I I think I, I have to agree. I would I'm starting Ingram for sure, flexing Sims, and then probably benching Murray until someone takes a stronghold on that backfield. Yeah, I agree. I went I went start Sims just because I love the way he plays. I love his his skills. I'm kind of worried about Ingram, but I'm not that worried at the same time. He's got a great matchup, and once the uh, the Saints offense starts to click, I think he'll see more touches as the game goes on. He only had nine against the Giants, and it was never a game that was that they were losing more than one touchdown. So that did kind of surprise me, and I, I just don't think we're seeing the workload that he got last year, which made him a super safe floor until he got hurt. So that is something to monitor, but I still think he's the big dog in that backfield. He'll see the most touches, so he still kind of has a safe floor. And then, yeah, I'm sitting Latavius Murray. I I think he's one of those guys last year for me because I had him in one of my leagues. He he was like one of those like boring plays. Like He, wasn't, he, he rushed for 100 yards twice, and he only scored six touchdowns. And I think like three of them were from the one-yard line. So I'm definitely going to sit Latavius Murray because that backfield is starting to get confusing. But we're gonna we're gonna move on to the Thursday night preview real quick. We got the Texans in New England against against the Patriots, and we're gonna start off with uh, the Patriots receivers. Jeffrey, we'll start with you. How do you feel about the Patriots receivers if Jacoby Brissett is the starter? Because we know that Jimmy Garoppolo is battling a shoulder sprain. Belichick said he was a game time decision possibly. So how do you feel if Jacoby Brissett is the starting quarterback? I. Uh, Actually, it makes me a little bit nervous overall. I mean, last week he went—he was able to complete some passes against the Dolphins' defense, which I mean shouldn't be honestly too difficult overall. Uh, but going up against a tough Texans defense, who seem to be able to get a lot of pressure on the quarterback overall and mix things up out in coverage, uh, it makes me nervous with all those with all the Patriots receivers. And I quite honestly think this is going to be more of a Legarrette Blunt game on. Uh, trying to trying to run it and help out Brissett as much as possible than it is going to be Brissett trying to pick apart the Texans defense so it kind of makes me nervous AJ um I just really love Lamar Miller on Thursday I think <laughs> that I that's that's my take from this is that I think that on the national stage you're going to see why fantasy owners were so high on Lamar Miller this year I think that it's obviously going to be a struggle with Brissett for the Patriots, even though it's the Patriots, you know, coming on four days notice. Um, I think it's a big blunt game, but it's not necessarily easy to run on the Texans defense. So also one thing of note, I know people are down on Edelman with Brissett coming in, but it's looking like he's going to go into the game as the backup quarterback. So if God forbid Jacoby Brissett was to get injured, you'd have two quarterbacks in a non two QB league. If you were to flex Julian Edelman, 
he was to say catch four passes for 30 yards in the first half and then play quarterback for the second half. You may be looking at a nice fantasy output if you could throw maybe 100 yards or a touchdown pass or something like that or some read options. Or it could so, completely murder your team with him throwing three interceptions. Yeah, or he does oh, three yeah, picks and you, and you get negative <laughs> 10. Um, yeah, but big Lamar Miller game for me. Not as high on DeAndre Hopkins. think it's another big Wolf Fuller game. I think he's approaching must-start territory. And out of I really don't like any Patriots players this week, but if I had to roster, it looks like Gronk might be back, but, you know, I don't know how confident you are starting Gronk if you have another better streamer. But, um, yeah, and I think one, one should have a safe workload as long as they keep the game competitive. Houston defense also may be a nice streamer if they force Brissett into some mistakes. Yeah, I definitely think. If Brissett plays, that's definitely a, a game where the Texans, you know, could run into a pick six, and they're a great defense. Uh, I don't, I don't mind Blunt this weekend or this week on Thursday, because I think the volume is going to be there, and for fantasy owners, volume is really all you want. So I think he'll be all right against the Texans' D line, which is pretty good. I think I agree. I think Will Fuller is going is turning into a legit wide receiver too, and he he demands our attention. So if you have him. I don't, I don't know if you started him this week. I know I think he's had 100 yards in the first two games, but, uh, I mean, he, he, his floor right now is great. So He's getting the targets, 11 targets week one and seven targets week two. So, yeah, so This I, might be his best matchup, too, because the Patriots, I can promise you, will double, will double DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, and that, that'll probably leave him one-on-one with Logan Ryan. So we'll see how that goes. And I agree. I love Lamar Miller. Don't care what the matchup is. Love Lamar Miller. He's, he's one of my favorite fantasy guys this year i think he's gonna we saw a little um i'm gonna say i don't want to say lack of production but he only had 80 yards but i think for him to i think it was against the chiefs i think you know for him to be able to do that against the chiefs he's it means he's going to be a great play week in and week out but that's all we've looking got at his total today. touches too so that's the thing yeah that's true <laughs> that's true so but yeah that's that's all we've got for you today we appreciate all the listeners. We wouldn't be here without you guys. Don't forget to check out QBMecca.com. Interact with us on Twitter. We love it. We love answering questions or just talking about fantasy football. So you can follow me at Kevin Hickey 11 AJ at SSAJMalak NFL, and Jeffrey at JSnides4. Again, we appreciate it. We, we thank all the listeners, and we'll see you next time.